there. I'm Kelly Martin, and welcome to this special bite-sized episode of Making It Work, a podcast where you get sound advice from remarkable entrepreneurs brought to you by FedEx. This is not a new episode, but a collection of some of the best bits from our very first episode, where we discuss the important question, when should you start paying yourself? So let's reacquaint ourselves with our very first founders and see if they can give us some answers. Asking the questions is Tom Scallon. Not making money has never been so fashionable. It seems that every company, from the fledgling startups to the billion-dollar behemoths, takes great pride rooting themselves firmly in the red. So no wonder this attitude is rubbing off on a new generation of entrepreneurs that seem more than happy to endure hardship in the short term to strive for success. After all, if you've got time to spend money, you're probably not working hard enough, right? I'd like you to meet Dana. She's the owner of Anna Ono, a Philly-based company that designs and makes lingerie for women that have undergone breast surgery. According to Dana, carving out even just a little to pay yourself from the beginning saves you a lot of trouble and is the best way to fend off those feelings of anxiety. It doesn't have to be a lot. It could have been $500 or $1,000 or $1,500, whatever that is that you need to really ensure your living expenses should be carved out as soon as it possibly can. When is there enough money for you to collect a salary amongst your employees or amongst the the growth in the business? That's part of, you know, you building in your salaries into your business plan and determining what you need to keep your life afloat. You'll hit a breaking point eventually where your reserve that you had built up runs out. I was living on a reserve from my old job and I had a plan that in three years I would pay myself. And here I am at year four, and I'm just now figuring out how to pay myself because you can't run a business if you can't pay your rent. You can't run a business if you can't pay your rent. Sort of makes sense. Let's bring David in. He's owned multiple companies, but his current venture is Shark Wheel, a California-based company that makes square wheels for everything from skateboards to luggage. He reckons that sweat equity, or as I incorrectly called it, sweat money, could be a good option for taking a salary from your cash-strapped enterprise. If you pay me real money, I want 50 grand. If you pay me sweat money, I want 75 grand. I want a 50% multiple on that because I didn't get the money, number one. I didn't get the benefit and use of it during that time. And number two, I was absolutely taking a risk. I was taking a chance. And with risk comes reward. There's no such thing as sweat equitying your way through bankruptcy and foreclosure and homelessness. That doesn't work. I had risk. So sweat equals risk in my world. So sweat money's worth more than real money. So why? I, I think that's why a lot of people opt for it. Akila is founder of Edge Entity in Memphis, a company that makes products to stimulate hair growth. She's sole owner and determined to run her business without investors. Her logic? keeping the tax man at bay. I like to pay my taxes early. I like to pay my taxes up front. I don't like to have a balance. By allowing the IRS to take so much of money out of my paycheck every week, now I've also paid the IRS for just a large amount of my taxes. I pay myself a fair amount, a really fair amount, but I stick to that same amount. Just like my employees, I don't increase my wage. (laughs) So you should pay yourself but I think it should be in a strategic way. Um, you shouldn't just take $10,000. So it works great two different ways. My business wins and I win. So, I mean, it's good for me. I mean, I, I thought it was a good strategy. Let me introduce Diana and Jean, founders of The Groomsman Suit, 
a company based out of Chicago that designs and sells affordable suits and tuxedos for weddings. They were pretty upfront about using credit cards to kickstart their business. After all, if you broke, what other option do you have? We um, did some creative things. Those are helpful. Those are really yeah, helpful. Yeah, cash advance <laughs> cards. I mean, we each opened we, like three yeah, credit cards. We, yeah. It was mostly to pay for the inventory that we needed. Um, so, yeah, that wasn't necessarily to pay for our, you know, pay ourselves. But it also, be, because we had those credit cards, we eventually, I think it helped us start paying ourselves from the company a little bit sooner. Yeah, um, it just sort of buffered the need for cash. So, it, you know, the cash that we had was our personal, you know, live off of cash. And then the credit cards were our way of delaying delaying the need for payment until we actually had some revenue coming in to the business. So it kept it nice and clean. Credit cards, a sticky subject. So should you really use plastic to make ends meet? Let's hear what David has to say, shall we? I am not a believer in financing the uh, the business on a credit card. People don't understand how fast that money just crushes you. Find it someplace else. If the value's really there, you shouldn't have to go to a credit card. That's it for this bite-sized episode. If you don't want to miss out on new ones, be sure to subscribe. And if you're enjoying what we're doing here at Making It Work, why not give us a rating and review? We read them all. If you'd like to know more about the entrepreneurs featured in this podcast or want to listen to the entire episode, head to fedex.com slash makingitwork.